Also, you need to pray for our daughter Maddie. Uh, one conference was yesterday, and uh, 2,000 young people gathered in Moncton. Um, there was no snow there, surprisingly, in Moncton. Um, we gathered there for one con. I had the privilege of preaching yesterday to uh, 2,000 young people, and I attempted to do the gritty on stage, and my daughter is, is, is just embarrassed and mortified. So if you think of Maddie this week, pray for her. Because her 48-year-old father attempted to dance on stage in front of 2,000 young people. So, uh, hashtag pray for Maddie. She needs all the prayers she can get. All the, if you have your Bible, can you turn to, I want you to turn to Psalm 119. I'm going to start reading in Matthew chapter 4. If you have your Bible today, if you don't have a Bible, by the way, we have Bibles for free. Um, we have English Bibles. We also have Spanish Bibles. And we also have Korean Bibles. Uh, they're free. We bought them with your money. So, can you just take those? Um, they're out at the big yellow guest wall. If you could grab that for me. Thank you so much, Bryce. Um, if you need a Bible, grab a Bible. The Bible will change your life. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. You're going to Psalm 119. Um, if you can't find Psalm 119, it's right after Psalm 118. It's just before Psalm 120. It's actually the longest book in the Bible. You cannot miss it. It's right in the middle almost. But Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Jesus told him. Jesus is having a battle with the enemy, with Satan. He's quoting Deuteronomy 6, but Jesus says these words in Matthew 4, verse 4. He says, no, the scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Today, for the very few minutes today, I'm going to fire you up. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to convict you. I'm going to provoke you on the importance and the power of what this book can do in your life. If you're looking for a church that preaches opinions or politics, this is not the right church. We have a gift bag for you, and we would bless you as you leave. But if you're looking for someone in a church, and our pastors, and our small groups, and our kids' ministry that believe in the word of God, this is a church. And there are many churches in the city that preach just like us. We believe in the word of God. This book will change your life. We're not a club. We're not just trying to get together and have a good time. We believe that God has called us. He has spoken to us. And this word is a manual for our life. It's not a suggestion. It's actually a manual. If you live according to his word, you'll follow his plan. And God has a plan better than your plan or my plan. And everybody said, Today I'm going to talk on this topic real quick, starvation. Starvation. Let's pray. God, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for the rain. God, bring the rain. I pray rain. I pray every fire. Father, remove the smoke. We pray from the tip of our province to Cape Breton. We pray, Father God, for rain. God, we thank you, Father, for our city and for our government and for our firefighters. And I pray you protect them, recharge them physically, Father. I pray they'd be recoup energy. Father, thank you for the sacrifice that those women and men have given this week. We bless them. And, God, I pray for those displaced, even in this room, God, for comfort and peace. I pray fear would not take a foothold in their life. But, God, you would rush in. God, thank you for this church. Thank you for your help. Thank you for how you have helped us. And, God, we pray these next few minutes, Holy Spirit, that you would come and make much of Jesus. And everybody said? Jesus, in this verse, compared hearing from God to eating food. I actually really love morning church versus 3 p.m. church because nobody's going to come to church in the afternoon when the weather gets nice. And everybody said amen to that. The beach calls. I'm just telling you, the park calls. But one thing I like about morning church is I'm looking forward to lunch already. Some of you are already there. You are with me. You're just like, oh, you, the word of bread, carbs alone, just made your mind wander right now. And I, 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 it's interesting that Jesus compared this word, hearing from God, and one of the ways we hear from God, the main ways through the Bible, to actually food. 
Jesus was saying this is that without food, you starve to death physically. We know that. But what he was equating it to was saying, without hearing from God, you'll starve to death spiritually. If I may be so bold and inclined to say it's my opinion, but I've seen it over the last four years, we have a lot of people that weren't as strong as they thought they were when challenges came into our culture. When they couldn't gather on a Sunday morning, they couldn't gather in church buildings, their faith died because they were only eating once a week. And once a week, you can't be strong, you can't go change the world, but you can live. And they were just getting by, and they had no idea how weak they were until they couldn't gather on Sunday mornings. And Jesus is saying, without hearing from God, you'll starve to death spiritually. Starvation, most of us do not think about it in our culture. Some do. But most of us in this room, starvation is not a factor we negotiate on a daily basis. I find this fascinating. United Nations, I didn't know this, and it's sobering. It's amazing how sometimes out of sight, out of mind. This week, it's amazing how I've heard about fires all over our, our country for years. I'm like, wow, I'm praying. That's really tough. I reached out to friends, but I didn't have the weight of it like it did this week, did it? And sometimes when it's out of sight or out of distance, we don't have compassion. And as Christians, we need to fight that and lean in and listen to these statistics. United Nations, each day, 25,000 people die of starvation or hunger-related causes in our world. 10,000 of those are children. Some 854 million people worldwide right now are undernourished. And because of the rate rising food costs, they say there's another 100 million are going to be thrown into poverty and hunger this year. That means a billion people don't have enough food right now. One in eight in our world. One in eight. I wrestle with that statistic going, that's not the reality I live in. That's not the reality most of us live in in this culture. Starvation defined. Starvation is defined as a severe deficiency in caloric intake um, needed to maintain human life. Basically, it means this. If you use more energy than the amount of food you take in, you will die. We all know that. If you don't, if you don't import and you only export energy, you will die. Today, I want to remind you. I want to encourage you. I want to stir you for the hunger of the word of God physically, but also applying to those spiritually. I want to read some symptoms of starvation. And maybe you're going to see yourself in this spiritually. I looked up the, star, the, the symptoms if you know someone, and we have dealt with people, and we have people even in our church where food um, uh, shortage is a problem, and you can see some of these symptoms. But maybe it's not physically for you, but maybe you'll see it spiritually. The, the Bible says that we are made body, soul, and spirit, and so many times there's correlation uh, in between us. And these, these symptoms physically, maybe you'll see them spiritually in your life. Look at these symptoms. Maybe you'll see some in your spiritual walk. Starvation symptoms, reduced appetite. At first, you're really hungry, but if you go long enough without food, eventually you start to lose your appetite, lack of interest in food and drink. I've seen that in church culture, haven't you? It's kind of take it or leave it. Are you excited about one con? All these kids are joining in Moncton. Yeah, I could leave it. Take it or leave it. Church, there was a time we couldn't wait to get the church. Doors are open. Man, I just can't wait. Ah, take it or leave it. Man, just I'm excited to get together and with that friend and that small group, and sometimes we lose appetite. Another symptom, feeling tired all the time. Tired of church, tired of God, tired of talking about God, tired of trying to walk with God, tired of your friends that are always uh, leaning into God. Sometimes you feel tired all the time. Another symptom is we feel weaker when you're starving physically. Can't do what you once did. 
It's amazing. Sometimes we grew up and we used to be the first one in the prayer room, which we have two a week, and first one to come in and, and be a part of building church, or first one to invite people into your house and encourage them to reach out to the single parents, reach out to the teenagers, reach out to be a youth leader, reach out to be a kids worker, reach out to uh, bless people, reach out to help people, people move into a city to welcome them in, and sometimes we can't do what we once did because we're weak. We don't have the capacity to love our neighbor. We don't have the capacity to help build the church. We don't have the capacity to be what we need to be for our family, and sometimes we're feeling too weak. Another starvation symptom is wounds take a long time to heal. So many times in countries that are malnourished, you'll see open wounds because your immune system doesn't have enough energy to actually fight to close the wound. Man, that doesn't preach spiritually in this season. People, so I've never seen time where people's feelings get hurt so easy. And wounds just won't heal. You're disappointed more. You're frustrated more. You're, you give up more. That, those words cut more and it seems like wounds take longer to heal sometimes if you're weaker spiritually. Another, another symptom is poor concentration. What was I saying? <laughs> Some of you are like, what? You're, when you don't have enough food, you can't concentrate. That's why these meal programs that we've paid for in local schools is so important for students. If they, don't, if they, don't, if they can't hear the teacher over their stomach grumbling, and, and we, can, we, we can help our schools, but sometimes we've got to help them with food programs, and we've done it. We'll do it in the future because concentration goes down. I've seen that in church, man. You get a God moment on a Sunday morning. God speaks to you about the kingdom of God, righteous, peace, and joy, and the Holy Spirit. And we're like, I, need to, I just need to lean in. I need to read the Bible one and done. I need to go to the prayer room. I need to take some time at home and just shut off Netflix and shut out the world and just pray for my family. And then by the next day, it's like, what was I excited about yesterday? God, I, I, that was, I think that was just kind of a hype thing. And then by Wednesday, we're back doing our same thing the same way. And we forget about, we lose concentration on what we thought was important on a Sunday. Or um, when God speaks to you in the car or at home and we just doesn't stick like it used to, you can't concentrate. Another symptom of starvation, you feel cold all the time. Maybe sometimes spiritually, worship is cold. I'm not feeling it. Don't really know that song. Your voice is too loud, too soft. I don't know if I feel like going driving to Sackville. Oh, I said that. Don't know if I feel like coming back to the Bella Road. I, I prefer 3 p.m. I like 10 a.m. I'd, I'd rather watch online, maybe online. I don't have time to watch online anymore. Maybe I'll just watch it on Thursday and just get a little colder to things. Worship is cold. Your witness is cold. They don't need to know about Jesus. I just, I'm just, I'm here to do work, man. This is work me. This is work Mike. This is not church Mike. And our witness becomes cold. Our love for others has gone cold. Symptom, fainting and dizziness. So many people are confused and they can't stand anymore in their faith because they're dizzy in their faith. And that what used to, they used to stand against or stand for when things got tough. Now they seem to fall down for everything and they fall for that scam and that temptation and that problem. And it's like, man, I just feel like I'm confused. I don't feel like I know where I'm going anymore. I used to have my eyes on the prize and the cross before me, the world behind me. And I feel like I've gotten confused and turn around. I'm a little faint. I'm a little dizzy. Maybe you see some of that symptoms in your life. Heart problems, cardiac stress, and a drop in blood pressure when you're going through starvation. How's your heart today spiritually? Do you feel compassion for those? It's amazing in our city this week, some people didn't even feel like there was emergencies in our city. I was in Dartmouth and downtown, and it's like it wasn't on the lips of people because they were a little removed. I tell you, you go to Tantown, you go to Sackville, you go to Bedford, you go to places, man, it was everywhere. And sometimes we get removed and our heart becomes cold. Do you feel apathy towards people? When someone walks in, there used to be an apathy of, who are they? Do they have friends? We need to connect them. Now it's like, I got my two friends. I got my coffee. They'll figure it out. They'll go to the next steps. 
Maybe there's apathy towards when you see it turn the other way, when you see suffering mentally, physically, spiritually. I just, where once compassion flowed through our veins is there a lack of blood pressure, where we don't feel like we're pumping with the love of Jesus anymore. I don't know. I, sadly, I think I see some of these in my life sometimes. I don't know about you. Withdrawal, the last symptom, withdrawal, just withdrawal. So many times in the church, faithfulness has been, has been replaced by casualness. Yeah, I'm, I was faithful. Faithful used to look a lot different than it did now. Faithful is, I still give. We're so thankful for your giving, but God don't need your money. He wants your heart. If he has your heart, he'll have no problem with your time, your talent, or your treasure. And sometimes faithfulness has been replaced with casualness. I'll get there when I can. I'll, 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 I'll pray when I can. I'll open my Bible when I can. I'll, we used to, pre, used to pray around the family table uh, before a meal. Now it's, we're good. Everybody just eat when you're ready. Just saying. So easy to slip in, isn't it? Casualness has replaced faithfulness. Maybe you see yourself with some of these symptoms. I have good news for you today. I have good news. I have good news that the Bible can help. If you feel like these symptoms today, I got news for you. There's a buffet that has been laid out for you, a banqueting table. I got good news today. I came bearing good news today is that God has a plan. If you're feeling weak, you're feeling like you're starving spiritually, it's not too late. If you've got a heartbeat, then God has a plan. If you're not dead, you're not done. God has a plan for you. And it's as simple as this. Bibles are free and they're, and they're flowing in this church. And the word of God is not a religious thing to do. It's not just a devotion to do. It's not just a routine to do. It's actually feeding your spirit. And one thing I've learned in this season, I've seen it in our team. They let their spirit lead their body. Half our staff has been displaced this week, and you would not know it by their spirits. Pastor Matt and Emily, no house right now. They don't, they don't fully know what's going on, how much damage to their house. It's standing, displaced, no, just the clothes on their back last Sunday, three boys, and they're going, oh, we're going to one conference, and we're taking all the youth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thankful for a team, thankful for a team that has strong spirits. Let me show you how God can help you with the word of God. Turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. I'm going to unpack this real quick before we come back and worship in a moment. I'm going to pray a blessing over you. Psalm 119 of how the Bible, the word of God, can starve off, can head off starvation in your life spiritually. Because our goal, church, is not to grow a big church. It's not to fill every seat in this room. It's not to have thousands of views online. Our goal is that people fall in love with Jesus Christ and follow him for their whole lives. And if we do that, we'll have no problem with seats, we'll have no problem with buildings, we'll have no problem with causes. Our goal is to help you be introduced to the God that loved you, the God that made you, and the God that saved you. That is our plan. How to head off starvation. Psalm 119, a few facts about this book in the Bible that I think you need to know. It's an awesome, it's my favorite psalm. This is Psalm 24, my favorite psalms, but why this psalm is so important. Number one, it's the longest chapter in the Bible. Longest chapter in the Bible. 176 verses. In fact, it's a similar length. This one chapter of the Bible, Psalm 119, one chapter is almost as long or just as long, similar length as some of the Bible's shortest books like Philippians and James and Ruth. It's a long book of the Bible. The structure of Psalm 119 is not random. It's, it's actually genius. It's comprised of 22 stanzas and each starting with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Written in its original language, each stanza of the 22 stanzas each started with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. There's a tradition in the Eastern Orthodox Church that King David used this psalm to teach his son Solomon the Hebrew alphabet. It's also the alphabet for our spiritual life. All in one psalm. All in one chapter of the Bible. Every verse except one verse, I think it's verse Psalm 
122, every verse in this chapter mentions God's word. Every verse. It calls it by different words. It calls it God's law. It calls it God's testimonies. It calls it God's precepts. It calls it God's statutes. It calls it God's commands. It calls it God's word and instructions. But every verse, almost every single verse in these 176 verses mention the word of God. It's fascinating. And most of these 176 verses that mention the word of God also have an action for the reader who reads it. For example, if you start in verse 1, it says, follow the instructions, which is the word of God. Verse 2, obey, obey the word of God. Verse 3, walk only in his paths. We have to walk, get up and walk and follow his paths. His paths is the word of God. Verse 4, keep his commandments. Verse 5, my actions reflect his decree, which is his word. Verse 6, compare my life to his commands. Oh, church, we don't compare our lives to culture. We don't compare it to politicians. We don't compare it to preachers. We compare it to the word of God. You want to know how you're doing today? Don't compare it to me. Don't compare it to TikTok. Don't compare it to your favorite influencer. Compare it to the word of God. Culture will lead you down the wrong path. The word of God is the standard by which we live for. I love that you're starving today, spiritually malnourished, a little faint, maybe a little weak. Maybe you see your heart a little growing cold. You're a little wounded today. Oh, these are the benefits of the word of God in Psalm 119. These are not everyone. These are just a few of them. But let me encourage you today. But reading the word of God in your life will do for you. Number one, in verse two, you'll see it. It leads to joy. The word of God leads to joy in your life. Leads to joy. Some of us have been chasing happiness. We need to chase is the word of God. Some of us are so trying, busy getting happy. I need to buy more things and go more places and change my relationships and work on this and work on that. We've been chasing happiness, which is something you will never find. It's always elusive, but you can find joy. It gives us joy, the joy of the Lord, which is following Jesus. You want to follow Jesus? You read his word. You don't love God more than you love his word. It's impossible to love God more than you love his word. It, get, it leads to joy, reading this word. It's going to help nourish us spiritually. It brings joy to your spirit. Verse 9, it says you, it can keep us holy. The word of God can keep us holy. You feel like, man, I'm giving in temptation. I got issues. I got problems. I'm weaker than I've ever been. Reading his word, the Bible says in Psalm 119 and verse 9, makes us holy. It also says it offers free counseling. I love counselors. I go to counselors. We have many in our church going to counselors. We have counselors that are sitting here today. I love counselors, but there's an ultimate counselor. It is the presence in the word of God. When you read the word of God, it counsels you. It tells you which way to go, what not to do and what to do. It's free counseling. The word of God, it gives us hope. Oh, you can only live so long without food. You can only live so long without water. You can only live so long without hope. Hope deferred, the Bible says, makes the heart sick. I'm telling you, you think you're spiritually sick today? Get some hope into you. How do you get hope? It says in verse 43, the word of God gives you hope because you start to realize God has a plan. And people have been through some hard times, but God is always on the throne, and he comes through. And if your hand, your life in the hand of God is a life that is protected, and God is with you, and God is for you, and who can stand against you? You cannot read this word and not have hope fill your life. That the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it will fill this mortal body. If I have the spirit of God in my life, I can come against hell in the grave. Listen, hope will fill your life. I'm getting fired up right now. You're not as quiet. You're quieter than 2,000 teenagers, but I'll take it. Don't. Maddie, if you're watching, I'm so sorry right now. It gives us freedom. 
Some of you are bound up. You get wound up and bound up by addictions and attitudes. You feel wrapped up. You're not free to love. You're not free to help. You're not free to give. You can't raise your hands in church. You can't give money in the plate. You can't help your neighbor. You can't give forgiveness to your spouse. You can't give love to your kids. You're bound up. The Bible gives us freedom. And you read it, something happens in your life. It says in verse 45 of Psalm 119, freedom, it brings freedom. It brings comfort in affliction. It's an anchor of truth among a sea of lies. My truth, your truth, no, there's truth. It's an anchor of truth in verse 69. Verse 92, it sustains us in hard seasons. Hard seasons are a part of life. That's why the Holy Spirit's called the comforter. Because the will of God in life is hard sometimes. If you think Christianity makes everything better, you're not a Christian. It's something else you have in your life. When you become a Jesus follower, and sometimes, oh, this is so encouraging, life gets harder when you become a Christian because now there's a target on your back. All hell will break loose. Why? Because now you are fighting against hell and the grave to reach as many people as possible. But take heart. When we read the word of God, the presence of God, it sustains us in hard seasons. Verse 93, it's life-giving. Oh, we need some life. News wants to suck away your life. Culture wants to take away your life. Uh, people's attitudes want to take, Facebook will take away your joy and your life. You want something going to give some life? Read the word of God's life-giving, verse 93. Verse 99, the great one. It gives wisdom and understanding. Some of you are like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What number should I choose? One, two, three. Remember, how many are old enough to remember those things? Remember those in school? Number four. Jessica, pick a number. Two. Pick a color. Purple. You're awesome. You're amazing. Everybody under 35 is like, I don't understand. I'm sure there's an app for it somewhere. Thank you, old people, for being with me. You know what I'm talking about. That was funny and amazing, by the way, if you didn't get it. Go TikTok it. Okay. It's life-giving. It gives wisdom and understanding. It, fight, it lights the path. Verse 105. It lights the path that we should take. It's a light unto our path. So many people are lost. What am I going to do? How am I going to raise my kids? Am I going to launch my teenagers? How am I going to navigate these challenges physically, emotionally, spiritually? It lights our path. The will of God is not hard to find, hard to follow, not hard to find. It lights the path. Verse 114, it acts as a shield around us. Oh, we need a shield. Firefighters are being a literal shield this week against houses and property. You know, the Holy Spirit wants to be a shield. The Word of God wants to be a shield in your life. You don't need to walk out fearful of culture, fearful of attack, fearful of temptation. Oh, the word of God in your life is a shield. It says in 114, 165, it gives us peace. The world is medicating for peace. The world is drinking for peace. The world is sleeping around for peace. And it is elusive. But I'll tell you, there's a peace that goes beyond all understanding. And it comes from God. How do I know that? I read it in my Bible. Peace of God. He's called the Prince of Peace. It says in the word of God that Jesus is the prince of peace. When you're a prince, it means you have reign over territory. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, he has reign and decree and power over your life. And wherever Jesus walks in and he is king, it means that peace has to follow. The Bible says peace of God. You're in all understanding. He's the prince of peace. How do I know that? It's in the word of God. Psalm 119, verse 165, it gives us peace. Derek Prince, I quoted him earlier. He, I grew up listening to Derek Prince, and he said, you don't love God more than you love his word. He was English. That was a horrible accent. Forgive me all the Brits in the room. <laughs> Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon said it this way. A Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. I heard some amens in this room. Some people have been around for a while. Those voices didn't sound really young that said amen to that. You've been around. You've seen some stuff. Seen some stuff. I grew up in a home where my mother would get a rebound Bible every couple years. 
My parents don't have a lot of money, though we've borrowed a lot from them over the years. But you know what they've given us, given me as a, as a heritage? My mother's Bible, my father's Bible. There's some wear to it. I love that quote from Spurgeon. A Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. In my life, sometimes I go through phones quicker than I go through Bibles. Anybody else's phone slowing down this week? Apple must be getting ready to release a new phone or something. I go through new phones. Why? Because I'm on my phone more than my Bible, if I can be honest. I go through iPads more than my Bible. I go through TVs. And I go through streaming subscriptions. I go through shows on TV quicker than I go through chapters in the Bible. Am I just the only one in the room? I do marathons on Netflix without leaving my coach. And sometimes I'm wondering if I have a hunger for the word of God. A Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. D.L. Moody said it this way, the Bible will, the Bible will keep you from sin or the sin will keep you from your Bible. Church, I believe you're called by God to live a remarkable life. That word remarkable means when you see something, you have to stop and comment. You have to make a remark. Hear me, church. We are called to be a remarkable church. Not famous, not popular, remarkable. The people hear about what God's doing in lives all over the city, here on Sundays, small groups, in your home, in your business, in your family. People go, I don't understand what's happening. But how did that marriage turn around? How did that addiction fall off your life? You're celebrating one year of recovery this Friday. One year. You are an atmosphere changer. See those, see those water bombers flowing, flying over the helm? Near there, helping Tantalan, there's an anointing on your life to drop in and put out fires in people's lives. Don't live in fear that when you leave the helm this week after graduating one year of addiction recovery, that you feel weak and unprotected. No, no, you go out in confidence that the God that called you is the God that's going to help you. You're different. And that used to be a scary thing. You got face tattoos. That's a whole other level of scary. <laughs> but if you look at your eyes, there's no fear in there. There's, no, there's, no, there's nothing scary in those eyes. It's nothing but the love of God. You're going to reach people that I can't reach. You're going to reach people we can't reach. They're going to walk in going, I don't know what this guy's selling me. You're like, I'm not selling anything. I got Jesus. I'm giving away for free. And you're going to be, you're going to be taken to places that are going to be, people's lives are going to be on fire. They're thinking, man, can you give me a hit? Can you give me? Can you get me? Can you get me something I can shoot or drink? You know, listen, I don't got that. Uh, 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 silver and gold, marijuana and alcohol. I don't have. I'll tell you what I don't have. I don't have meth. I don't have this. I'll tell you what I do have. I have the goodness of God. You're gonna drop into people's lives. God didn't give His Son to die for you to live weak dizzy, offended, and tired. Your remarkable church is a calling on your life to be remarkable. God's put you in this city to be an influence. There's an anointing on you to make money. But that's not your why. That's a tool. You have a heart that's soft. I've seen it. I've seen it clearing brush at an addiction center. I've seen it. The legacy on your life. You're remarkable. 
It's not because of the size of your muscles, though they are impressive. It's not the size of your business. You've done well. You're working real hard. There's a calling on your life to make a difference with employees and neighborhoods. God's called you for what he's gifted it for, and your heart is so soft. You cannot live on bread alone, but every word that comes to the mouth of God. Feeling spiritually faint today? Read your Bible. Feeling cold today, church? Read your Bible. Feeling weak? Read your Bible. We have a Bible plan in Acts. Tomorrow we're reading chapter 5 of Acts. Just get a Bible. Read a, read a chapter. Help yourself. Let some nourishment come back into your life. Just one and done. The last thing this city needs is another weak Christian. The last thing this city needs is another weak church. Get his word into you and watch yourself get stronger. I want to pray a biblical blessing over you. I put together five or six verses. I'm going to pray a blessing over you. If you stand to your feet today, as we get ready to worship and close, if you're comfortable or not, if you would just stretch your hands up before you, I just want to bless you today. We're going to sing one song now as you guys get ready to lead us into this. I want to pray scripture over you. This is not my opinion. This is not my intellect. This is not my words. These are the words from God over your life. Number six, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he smile on you and be gracious to you. May he look your way and give you peace. Psalm 20, may God give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. Psalm 67, may God be gracious to you and bless you and make his face shine upon you. Ephesians 3, may you experience the love of Christ. Though it is so great, you will never fully understand it. And may you be filled with the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Colossians 1, may you be strengthened with all power according to God's glorious might. May you be filled with joy. And lastly, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, may the Lord of peace give himself you peace at all times, in every way, in Jesus' name.